Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A note to the listener. The following story contains some adult content and language. Hey, Briggs. Hello? Zach Briggs, you gonna speak this time? Mr. Briggs? What? Mr. Briggs, it's Samuel Tench. Oh, Mr. Tench, I'm sorry. Have I caught you during an inopportune moment? Inop... No, I I thought... Well, that's not important. What can I do for you, Mr. Tench? I was calling because I would like to invite you up to my house tomorrow afternoon. Your house? For lunch, there are some people I'd like to introduce you to. All due respect, I don't know that I have time for a social call, Mr. Tench. I'm aware that it's short notice, and I do apologize for not contacting you sooner. Will that be a problem? Tomorrow? <sighs> nah, it's, it's not a problem. It's, it's just, uh... It's been some time since we've spoken, Mr. Briggs. Eight weeks have passed. Eight weeks. Already? I'd like to hear how your investigation is going. <clears throat> of course. Of course. But there's a lot that I'm in the middle of. A lot to, to work through, to organize, that is... Precisely why I hired you. That's really swell of you to invite me, Mr. Tench, but it'd probably be best if I followed up on a few leads first. What you're saying makes perfect sense. Good. I'm glad. However, I must insist... Mr. Tench... Mr. Briggs, have you been receiving my checks each week? I have, Mr. Tench. Guy comes same time every Thursday. I believe this week marks the completion of the first $10,000. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Good. I just wanted to make sure that I was fulfilling my end of the deal to your satisfaction. Very much so. Good. I would like you in attendance for lunch tomorrow at my home. Yes, Mr. Tench. Why don't we say around half past noon? 
Half past it is. Will you be needing the address? No, I have it. Wonderful. I'm very much looking forward to it. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Just frickin' copacetic. Who the hell has time for lunch? What am I gonna tell him? So Sam and Chess, they call it a stalemate. God damn it. Hank, don't you dare give him everything. You're an idiot if you tell him everything. What stops him from getting someone else, huh? Uh, don't be an idiot. Lunch my ass. I'm gonna get sacked. Ah, screw this. I'm taking the rest of the day off. That goes for you, too. I think Hank had good reason to worry that he'd be fired. $10,000, the present-day equivalent of almost 90 grand, for what was now another dead end. And if Tench wasn't pleased, there's little chance that he would get a shot at another 10000 If I were Hank, I'd want to update Tench and then pray that he didn't ask me any further questions. The last thing I would want? To sit opposite him and spit out a variety of imaginary theories and excuses. But Hank wouldn't have to make any excuses. In fact, of the people gathered at Samuel Tench's house the following afternoon, Hank would end up doing the least amount of talking. From Vox Populi and the Los Angeles Herald, this is The Angel of Vine. Hank recorded every turn of the drive to Tench's. Even though he had the address of the property on Loma Linda Drive, he counts every turn, every street name, almost like a trail of breadcrumbs. Like he doesn't want to forget exactly how he got there. Maybe it's a detective thing, I don't know. But as he arrives at Tench's Bel Air mansion the next afternoon, he's clearly impressed, if not slightly resentful. You gotta be kidding me. Holy smokes, so much for the idea of struggling artist. Sure as hell don't feel bad about taking his money now. In fact, I'm gonna go get Phyllis one of those paint-by-number sets. Jesus. Every man's a Rembrandt, right? Maybe I should learn how to paint-by-numbers. Good afternoon, sir. Mr. Briggs, I presume? Good afternoon. You presume correct. Welcome. Please do come in. Watch your step over the threshold. I do apologize for its appearance. There was no one available to fix it until Monday. No apology necessary. Really? May I hang your coat, sir? No, it's okay, thanks. It may be a little warm in the garden area. I'm used to it. I'll manage. But thanks. As you wish, Mr. Briggs. Please, follow me. What is that, gold? It's brass, sir. Nice place. Yes, sir. Mr. Briggs, I'm so pleased that you could come. Good afternoon, Mr. Tench. Joffrey, will you please tell Delilah to begin the tea service? Not traditional by any means, but scrumptious nevertheless. Right away, sir. Thank you, Joffrey. 
hope I haven't brought you too far out of your way. Not at all. Always nice to see where my clients live. Gives me a better idea of who they are. And what does my home tell you about me? Tells me you're one hell of an artist. <laughs> I enjoy your candor, Mr. Briggs. Yeah, I'm all candor. How many commodes you got in this place? <laughs> what? There's a lovely breeze today, so I've asked Delilah to serve everything at the garden table. Tea, huh? Can't say I've ever had tea for lunch before. Oh, no? Sourdough toast burn on one side. Most days. It's light fare, but certainly not as light as that, no. Assorted scones, plotted cream and preserves. They thought I was joking when I mentioned cucumber sandwiches. Right. Who is this they, Mr. Tench? We're just out here. Who? He's back. I sent for them, hoping they could be of some help to you. Mr. Briggs, I would like to introduce you to Roy and Alice Knudsen. These are Marlene's parents. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Oh, yes. And thank you. I mean, thank you so much for your help. It's uh, nice to meet you. When Mr. Tench called... Samuel, please. Oh, well, when Samuel told us that you had reopened the case... That I... Had reopened the case? We always knew that there was someone. You knew that the cops gave up too easy. We knew it too. And here you are. We haven't given up hope of finding justice for our Marlene. Why don't we sit? Tea, Mr. Briggs? Sure, Samuel. That would be lovely. Thank you, Delilah. Mr. and Mrs. Knudsen arrived to town yesterday. I'm sorry. I'm a little lost. How do you know each other? Well, we spoke with Mr. Tench over the phone, but we didn't meet until just today. Still lost, Mr. Tench. I didn't expect you to travel to Idaho, so it seemed that the only logical sense was to accommodate them. I see. I thought that they might be able to offer you insight into their daughter, perhaps some information that you wouldn't otherwise be able to find. Could have just asked them over the phone. How would I know what questions to ask or what answers to look for? Is there a problem? No. No, not at all. When Mr. Tench told us what you were doing, Mr. Briggs, well, we wanted to meet you face to face. I understand. Ed, it's good to meet you too. It's just such a long way to travel. Oh, that it was. It really is much shorter to fly. That's why I offered... Now, Mr. Tench, I don't mean to offend here, but I already told you I'm not going up in one of those things, let alone two. Train's just fine. It's only an 80-mile drive to Pocatello, and two days later, here we are, safe and sound and on the ground. And in the most beautiful pink hotel. Pink! I've never seen anything like it. It just took my breath away. I'm standing there looking at a two-tone Rocket 88. The pair of us must have looked ridiculous in that parking lot. This, this poor man is trying to take a photograph. <laughs> oh, he didn't pay us any mind. He went right back to his business as soon as we walked away. Well, it really is too much. Mrs. Knudsen, it is the very least I can do for the both of you. I'm very sorry for your loss. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Briggs. It hasn't been an easy time. I can't even imagine. 
So what can we tell you about our Marlene? Well, uh... Well, surely there, there must be something. Of, of course there is. If it's all right for me to ask you about her? Well, whatever you need. Roy? Like Alice said. What was she like? Oh, she was a performer from the very start. She was talking before she could even walk. <laughs> yeah, loved to sing. Oh, we had her taking piano lessons from a very young age. And she did not <laughs> like to practice. You remember, Roy, how yeah. she would stomp around all the time? <laughs> but eventually, I mean, eventually you would hear the scales up and down and up and down. She played so well, so beautifully. My friend Annette, she said she had this incredible ear for music. <laughs> Daddy, Annette says I have perfect pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what she called it. <laughs> There was a man in Twin Falls uh, who she read about in the paper, a Charlie or, or Carrie, I know, something like that, who had collected the autographs of people like, you know, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Said Crosby wrote to him twice a year after that. She said, Mama, my autograph is going to make somebody very happy one day. Senior year of high school. And she was smarter than all those other girls by a mile. Well, that's the only reason Roy let her go to Hollywood in the first place. Yeah, I wasn't so fond of those pageants at the time. But... Uh, why is that? No reason she needed to be parading around in a bathing suit like that. Oh, Roy, you know very well she wasn't comfortable with that part of it. Well, well neither was I. But... She was incredibly modest. She won second runner-up. That trophy's still on the mantle. Now, what about when she got to California? She rode home twice a week. I've found an apartment that has a television in it. She got a job real quick. Oh, yeah. Then she called home when she got that coffee advertisement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Remember that? I'm a real actress, Daddy, she well, said. She was a real actress. But it didn't seem she knew a whole lot of people here. Is there anyone I missed, maybe? Hmm. Well, I know there was Gladys. She lived with Gladys. She mentioned a dancer named Sylvia uh, who was having a rough time. Oh, and she had a friend from work named Virginia. Who's Virginia? You're going to find him, right? Whoever did this to her? Mr. Knudsen, I'm doing everything humanly. Please don't give me that package nonsense the police did. The everything we can speech. I'm a firefighter, Mr. Briggs. I know how to deliver news nobody wants to hear. So you can just spare me the horseshit. Roy. We don't want that. We don't need it. You don't have to protect us. Mr. Tench showed me what that monster did to my little girl. Roy, please. Can you find the man who took the spine out of my daughter's Roy, body? Roy, please! I will. Mr. Tench, may I speak to you a moment? Of course. Why don't we all take a moment? Delilah, would you bring another pot? I'm sure this is all lukewarm by now. or something? You showed them photos of her body? It was at his request, Mr. Briggs. Calm down. She hasn't seen them. She didn't want that them. That is not... That is not the point. Why would you do that? For what reason? Why? What, what, what right do you have? What right? 
That's awfully sanctimonious of you, Mr. Briggs. Every right. And you're confusing the bearers of this awful burden. It's not my right, it's his right. It was his right and his choice to see what was done to his only daughter. Wouldn't you want that choice? Why the hell did you tell him I reopened the case? Don't you think that everyone deserves hope? I get it, bringing them here. I get what you were trying to do. But will you please leave the police work to me? My apologies. I thought I was being helpful. And what if I can't deliver? I still have faith in you. You didn't answer my question. You shouldn't be thinking about can't. The last thing I need is you frustrated at the bottom of a bottle with my money in your bank account. Well, that's awfully harsh even for you. But honest. I'll leave the police work to you if you leave the pep talking to me. How long are they staying in town? A few days. All right. Well, if I think of anything else, I'll give you a call. I should say goodbye, I guess. Don't look so concerned. You don't have to. I told them you had very limited time today. I should say goodbye. Whatever you think is best. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hank says goodbye to them with the explanation that he wants to get back to work, which they are eager for him to do. Joffrey, the butler, walks him back down the long hallway and he goes back to his car. He doesn't say a word after that. He's clearly blindsided, to the point where I think it took him off his game. Or maybe it didn't. You tell me. Mrs. Knudsen mentioned a friend of Marlene's named Virginia, right? And Hank never asked any follow-up questions. So who is this Virginia? And how do you find a person of interest in a city of two million first names? 
I don't know why Tench thought that surprising Hank with Marlene's parents was a good idea. I understand his reasoning, but I, I may, I, maybe I'm wrong after all. I, all I have to offer here is my opinion, but I cannot imagine a world where I am sitting across a table from parents who have lost their child in such a brutal way, and that somehow I'm responsible for their only chance at lasting peace. I don't understand how that can be helpful. I had a hard enough time accepting the responsibility caring for these tapes. After what I just played you, there was only one tape left from my first haul. I made a few road trips back and forth to Seattle during all this. <laughs> Fifteen hours from L.A. to Multnomah Falls in Oregon. Great place to stop and stretch your legs, by the way. And then another three hours to Seattle. There was no way I was going to ship them, and I didn't want to take more than a few boxes at a time. For one, I feared being completely overwhelmed by the amount of information I was facing, potentially. And worse, that I wouldn't know what to do with it. Two, even though I had been given permission, a part of me felt guilty for taking all that remained of Hank. They'd just found him, and I was taking pieces of him away. So, my second trip up to see Beth and Phyllis was right after Hank had met Marlene's parents, which turned out to be very appropriate timing. Maybe when Tench told Hank to get some rest, he went straight home. I say that because at the end of the tape was the first time I heard Hank with a then-seven-year-old Phyllis. Is this really necessary? Yes, absolutely necessary. I will not be denied hearing baby you. I am never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> never. So he scraped and scratched and scrabbled and scrooged. And then he scrooged again. He and scrabbled and scratched and scraped. And scraped. Oh my god, that's you. Shh. And scrabbled and scratched and scraped, working busily with his little paws and muttering to himself, Up we go, up we go, till at last, pop. His snout came out into the sunlight, and he found himself rolling in the warm grass of a great meadow. This is fine, he said to himself. This is better than whitewashing. Oh. Somebody's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I. You are too. We'll read more tomorrow, sweetie. Cross your heart. Oh. There. You want to press it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. That was so sweet. You were so cute. I, I don't remember that. I mean, what book was that? The Wind in the Willows. Yeah. I have zero recollection of it. Are we done? Sure. I'm not a licensed family therapist, so I don't know if playing that for them was the right thing to do or not. <laughs> what I do know is that it wasn't my choice to make. Much like Tench, I merely presented the information. And that's not me being manipulative, by the way. I knew that I wouldn't be sharing updates as far as the case was concerned, but there remained this second mystery and the one that was the most relevant to them. Who was Hank Briggs? I returned to L.A. with three more boxes to go through and eventually worked out the timeline thanks to Hank's continued reading on what I call the Phyllis tapes. They managed to read a wind in the willows all the way to chapter five, Mr. Toad. As wonderful as this time must have been for him, Hank couldn't ignore his duty. In fact, sharing these moments with his own daughter possibly made it worse. He returned to his irrational office discipline with renewed intensity, more obsessive, more discouraged than before, it was jarring. Which reminded me of what Beth had said about Hank the first time she heard him. And there he was, my grandfather. And there was this 
immediate sense of urgency in his voice, and so I stopped it. Will, goddammit! Who would tell somebody that? Son of a bitch! Oh, there's nothing, nothing! This behavior continued for a while. He wasn't always breaking things, but his emotion, this ferocity. Now remember that I said that Hank would receive two phone calls that would change everything, right? The phone call from Tench, which led to Marlene's parents, was the first. This one was the second. Hank Briggs. Hank. Adler Harrison. Good afternoon, doctor. <clears throat> sure took your sweet time. Uh, it was out of my control. I didn't think I was going to hear from you. That makes the both of us. Don't sound so disappointed. I'm not that bad. So your boss come around yet? Leonard Shaw would like to meet you. At the studio? Mm-mm. At his house. That's some boss. Yeah, you'll probably want to keep that to yourself. I'd advise that you find a way to behave yourself in general while you're there. Is that a threat? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, Thursday afternoon, 4 o'clock. No need to ring the bell. I'll open the front door. Whoa, 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 hey. Why are you going to be there? Because he wants me there. Are you really going to argue this one? All right, Friday at 4. Address? He'll send his driver to your office at half past three. Over the next few nights, Hank and Phyllis were able to plow through to chapter eight, Toad's Adventures. It wasn't as intense as the moments of him alone in his office, but there was a definite sense of purpose. As if he wanted desperately to finish the story with Phyllis. He was reading for Phyllis and for himself, almost as if he knew that he would never see her again. He looked and understood the silence, with a smile of much happiness on his face and something of a listening look still lingering there. The weary rat was fast asleep. <laughs> look at that. Good night, little rat. The Angel of Vine is a podcast produced by Vox Populi on behalf of the Los Angeles Herald. Thank you for listening to The Angel of Vine. If you'd like to support us, please leave us a review and tell your friends to subscribe. The Angel of Vine is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all major podcast apps. If you can't wait for the next episode of The Angel of Vine, episodes 7 through 10 are available right now exclusively on Stitcher Premium as well as Angel of Vine bonus episodes, extended episodes, and ad-free episodes. Go to stitcherpremium.com angel and use promo code angel to get your first month of Stitcher Premium free. The Angel of Vine is directed by E. Ryan Martz, written by Oliver Vaquer. Story by E. Ryan Martz, Jason Zumwalt, and Oliver Vaquer. Sound designed by Joel Robbie and Kevin Duzablon. Produced by Vox Populi in association with Forever Dog Podcast Network. This episode's performances by... Joe Manganiello, 
Alan Tudyk, Constance Zimmer, Camilla Luddington, Misha Collins, Eric Bauza, Steve Bloom, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, Coco Lamoureux, Cree Summer, and Oliver Vaquer. Angel Eyes is performed by Desi Dennis Dillon. Piano and arrangement by James Harper. Composed by Matt Dennis. Lyrics by Earl Brent. From downtown Los Angeles, this has been The Angel of Vine. You'll hear more from us soon. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.